Welcome to the Latika Vines Show, a work and life balance podcast for working moms who want to lead and grow in their careers. In this podcast, you will gain tips and inspiration to help you navigate and thrive as you balance and manage your life, marriage, career, and your faith. I am your host, Latika Vines, a working mom of four, a wife, and just like you, a career-driven working mom. It is my goal that myself and all empowering guests that join us will share and explore our life lessons and give you the immediate steps you can take to navigate and thrive in your career and life so you can build opportunities for your self-success. Subscribe to this podcast so you're notified of each episode that airs. Welcome to Latika Vine Show. Hey, working moms, welcome to another episode of the Latika Vines Show. I am so excited that you are here joining us for this episode. As I say, every episode, but you know, I'm always happy to be with you all. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, I want to say welcome. And to those that are returning, thank you so much for joining me today. This episode is sponsored by our annual Empowerment Breakfast. This year's theme is Rise Up, leading yourself to the next level, the next level in your life, in your career, and or business. For more information about this empowerment breakfast, go to www.visionary-initiatives.com. You guys, I'm so excited about our special guest today. Listen, when I first met her in another meeting, I said, oh my goodness, why aren't we connected? Why don't I know about her? And I was so happy when we were able to connect on LinkedIn. She reached out to me and here we are. She is amazing. Catherine is amazing. And you guys, she sent me her book, Slay Like a Mother. I have not finished it, but let me tell you what I have read. Let me tell you, (laughs) it is amazing. It is truly amazing. And she sent me, Catherine sent me these two cards. One in particular, I I read every single morning when I come down to my office. And I'm going to say this card verbatim. It says, the struggle is real. Your suffering is optional. And that's just a card from the book. So let me just tell you, that message gets me through the day. It gets me through the day. And so I'm so excited that Catherine said yes, because I want you guys to experience what I experience every time I read this card. Um, So I'm so excited for Catherine to be here. Catherine, welcome to the Latika Vine Show. Thank you so much for having me, Latika. I can tell we have so much in common and I'm really excited to be here. Yes, yes. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, my name is Catherine Winch, and I live in Richmond, Virginia. I have two children. I'm in the teenage years right now, or teenage struggle, I should say, uh, 13 and 15. And I, uh, my day job is an entrepreneur. I'm a consultant. I run a company called The Mom Complex, and we consult with Fortune 500 companies 
to help them create better products and services for mothers. So we work with everyone from Walmart and Sam's Club to Sephora and Lowe's or Johnson and Johnson and Kellogg's. And that is just a dream come true. And I love, um, you know, using my time and energy to help mothers. And then, as you mentioned, I'm also the author of Slay Like a Mother, where I help women really understand, you know, how do you feel about yourself? What do you think about yourself? And how can we limit our self-sabotaging behaviors? And it's just a, a joy to be able to share it with um, your audience today. I can't wait to dig into this conversation. Thank you so much. It is such an honor to have you join us today, Catherine. And I am just, I'm just blessed that you were here um, with us. So I wanted to ask you this question, which we've been talking about all season long, but what does the word necessity mean to you? That's a very interesting question, and it has definitely changed. I would say it changed dramatically after I went through so much therapy. So I think if you'd asked me 10 years ago, necessity, I would say it was, you know, a necessity for me to be successful, to be seen as successful. I had a very external view, you know, meaning my self-esteem was very much caught up in other people, in titles, trophies, et cetera. But after many years of therapy and Oprah episodes and <laughs> self-help books and red wine, <laughs> I, I now think it's a necessity to take care of myself and make sure that I am whole and I am full um, of self-love and self-compassion. And I believe that um, that has not, well, I know, I don't believe that it's not only changed my life, that perspective, but I think I'm a better mother and wife and friend and employee um, because I finally have made it a necessity to care for myself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Give us some examples of what that means, taking care of yourself. Uh, one of the things I do to take care of myself is I put myself on my calendar. I mean, I think mm. anybody listening, especially as, you know, working moms, working dads would agree that, you know, your life revolves around your calendar. And if something's not on your calendar, it's not real, right? It's not going to happen. Right. And so um, I have this method and um, what I do is I put, you know, and it's, it has to be reoccurring meetings is my recommendation here. So for example, you know, every Tuesday morning I go to an exercise class and it's on my calendar at 8.30 every single Tuesday morning. Or I might, um, you know, go to a, a yoga class or take a walk with a neighbor. It doesn't even have to be healthy. I always try to tell people it could be drinking wine with your girlfriend. <laughs> you know, it's, it's you time. It's something that can, you know, fill up your cup again. And so um, then because it's reoccurring, I don't have to get up the courage to put myself on my calendar more than once. I only have to do it once to say every Tuesday morning, I would like to work out for one hour. And then, so the next Tuesday and the next Tuesday, it's already built in. And so then when somebody says, hey, Catherine, can we have a meeting? 
you know, at 8.30 or 9 o'clock. And I say, no, but I could do it at 10 o'clock. And what do they say? Okay, that's fine. And um, and so I put myself on my calendar first and then all the other, you know, dentist appointments, <laughs> meetings, right. schlepping kids around, you know. So that's a, a big, you know, way that I take care of myself that has served me really well. That's amazing. That is amazing. We all need to do that. Oh, one other tip I'll say on that, I forgot, is that I color code those quote unquote meetings in purple, like dark purple. Mm. And I consider it like I, I call it like my mojo time. I don't know why, but that's that's what I do. And um, and I put it in purple for a very specific reason. You can pick whatever color you want. But if I open up my calendar on any given week on a Monday morning, if there's not enough purple on my calendar, then there's something wrong. Mm. It means that I have fallen back into my old ways and my old ways, you know, were to give away all of my free time, keep nothing for myself, you know, walk around this planet as a shell of a human being. And so it's a visual indicator because old habits die hard and I'm not mm -hmm. used to putting myself first. I'm not used to putting myself on my calendar so that the Purple is kind of a, an indicator of if I'm still taking care of myself. That is so good. Having that self-awareness, that self-check um, is amazing. It is truly amazing. So why do you think it's necessary for us to destroy what's holding us or, or me back from the life and career I want. I think it's a huge step forward in your life to recognize that you might be the problem, <laughs> that you might be the one holding yourself back. And so in my case, I had a lot of external trappings of success, you know, the things that blindly impress people like a, you know, a title, a career, I was in advertising. Um, you know, was in the newspaper, whatever it was. And, and people were impressed by that. And I thought that was going to make me feel whole, right? I thought, well, I don't love myself enough, but if other people love me, then maybe I'll finally feel better about myself. But you eventually get to the point where you're like, well, this isn't working. <laughs> you know, I have the trappings of success, but I'm I'm unhappy or I'm unfulfilled or I'm depleted. I'm exhausted. And so for me and for anybody listening, it can be a wonderful wake up call to say, how am I contributing to my own fatigue? How am I contributing to my unhappiness or this sense of anxiety or feeling unsettled? And, you know, don't, you know, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of things that the external world does to us to keep us down and, you know, especially as women and certainly for women of color, you know, but I think it's when we look inside and we say, okay, I'm not taking time for myself. I'm saying yes to everybody else and no to myself. And so it becomes this introspective work really to see how can I help lighten my own load? That is so good. I, I love what you said that Sometimes we have to recognize that we might be the problem that's holding ourselves back. Yeah, we want to, you know, we always want to, it's just human nature to want to blame mm -hmm. other people. And it's a, you know, our spouse isn't helpful enough. Our boss is a jerk, you know, the, the teacher, right. you know, are not helpful, whatever it is. But, um, you know, you really 
I've learned the hard way. You cannot change other people. Like you can try, but it's a lot of work and it doesn't usually work. And so I started to say, okay, something's off. And how can I play a, you know, a starring role in turning, you know, this around, but it is work. I mean, we were, you and I were talking about therapy earlier, you know, that's not always an enjoyable experience. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, my husband always says, why do you pay people to make you cry? <laughs> and I said, because I'm healing my soul. <laughs> that's why. Uh, but, you know, it's not easy work, but it does pay off. And I think, I think it's unfortunate that in school, you know, we study math, we study science, we study the weather, but we don't mm. study ourselves. Like, where's the class on us? Where's the class where we learn what makes us happy, what gives us anxiety, et cetera. And so throughout my journey, I have really just taken myself on as a project so that I can learn more about myself and how I want to spend my time and how I don't want to spend my time. And it has absolutely been life-changing. Mm. You know, it's powerful because um, someone actually today asked me, so how is it raising four girls? And I said, you know what? Every moment, most moments are learning moments because I'm now teaching my girls at five, seven, nine, and 11 to ask themselves that question, who am I? And be okay with that and understand that it's okay. If you might be happy with the color blue tomorrow, it's okay to be happy with the color pink today because that's what you like, you know? And no one is gonna scold you for thinking or, or wanting to be different, you know? Um, and it's, it's amazing that you said that, that, you know, right now, you were more so like your own project, learning who you are. Um, and I feel like it's essential for us, especially those of us who have daughters to make sure that we're teaching our daughters that, hey, you have to be confident in who you are by first knowing who you are. You know? I love that. And um, I know you're not there yet in the book, but I'll kind of give it away a little bit. One of my favorite chapters towards the very end of the book is called Raising Dragon Slayers. Mm. About, like how as mothers, you know, you think about just stereotypically, we think about men are the ones that, you know, teach the children to be fighters or warriors or, you know, but I think it's actually, you know, the mother that, you know, can play a really big role in saying, how do we prevent what I call this dragon of self-doubt from being born, particularly inside of our daughters, because that's, um, you know, this, it's more susceptible for women and girls mm -hmm. and others. We're more susceptible to it. And, um, and so there's an exercise that I did with my children when they were younger. Your girls are the perfect age right now. And um, what I would do when I was putting my children um, to bed is individually one-on-one, -on -one, mm -hmm. I would say, tell me what your peak and your pit was of the day, meaning the best part of the day and the worst part of the day. And I would share mine as well. And man, it really gets your children to open up because they immediately have to do this inventory of how was my day and what was the best part and what was the worst part. And 
the reason that this helps prevent dragons of self-doubt is it teaches your children two things. One, that every day has a high and a low. Every mm. day is going to have a part of it that sucks. And so expect it. Don't be caught off guard. You're going to have a low point today. You're going to have a low point tomorrow. You're going to have a low point every day until the day you die. Um, but it also teaches them that their mother or their father, doesn't matter who's doing this, but that their parents also have a bad part mm. of their day. And so I like to say that dragons of self-doubt thrive on silence and darkness mm -hmm, mm -hmm. avoidance. So if you can give your child the gift of giving voice to their struggles, yes. that's what will prevent those struggles from turning into suffering. If you can just start to say them out loud. So I, I really recommend that with your children. Yes. For those that are going to get the book, Slay Like a Mother, it is chapter 14. So make sure you, you read chapter 14. I will. I definitely will. I'll skip a few chapters. <laughs> oh my goodness. That is, that is amazing. Yes. Um, so much work that we, we as parents, should do for our children so that when they're 40 years old, they're not sitting in therapy <laughs> like we are. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Anything we can do. You know, I think, I think it's generational too. I mean, I don't know about yeah. you, but, you know, I definitely grew up in a household where we didn't talk about ugly things. Yeah. You know? And, um, and so it's like that skill set. It's, it's really interesting. I, I, I love therapy and I wish it was not a taboo, you know, subject. I wish it was more embraced by people. Hopefully it will, you know, more and more over time, mm -hmm. but you know, I feel like I'm passing on the gifts that I learned in therapy to my children. I learned how to talk about hard times. I learned how to have struggles without you know turning them into to suffering and what a gift so people think that self-care is selfish and they say that all the time and i'm thinking it is not selfish to learn how to heal yourself from the inside out and then teach other people to do it i mean absolutely what is selfish about that absolutely absolutely and and like you said it's generational because it it's been so taboo you know, that we don't talk about therapy or the thing is don't tell people what's happening in your house. Don't tell people your business, you yep. know? Um, but when you don't tell people your business and you harbor this stuff in for decades, it comes out in a negative way. It comes out in a negative way. And what I've learned is that when you harbor these things, when you keep your emotions inside, you are continuing generational chains, continuing without even knowing that you're continuing the stuff that your grandmother and your great-grandmother and your great-great-grandmother went through because you're keeping silent. Yep. Yeah, we have to, someone said the other day, and I can't remember who said it, but I was just, my jaw was on the floor. They said, you're as sick as your secrets. Mm. And I was like, wow, you know, and when we have these traumas and we have these life experiences that we think that we are the cause of, mm -hmm. we are, um, you know, on the receiving end of whatever it is, but it's, you know, those things start to rot you yeah. on the inside and it sounds really, really simple, but just 
beginning to talk about it, saying, mm. my marriage is broken. Raising teenagers is very right. difficult. Caring for my aging parents is wearing me down. Whatever it is that you need right. to get you know, out from inside of your soul is really important to start saying it out loud. It is. It is because that's where the healing starts. Yep. And that's where the help comes from. Yes. You know, as I mentioned, I have two teenagers. Now I've never been the mother of teenagers before. This Mm -hmm. is new to me. And even though, sure, I've been a mother for 15 years, but I've been a mother of a 15 year old for a matter of days. Right. And so it's new to me. And, you know, I start, I've been talking about it more, you know, I'll Mm. run into people, even acquaintances or borderline strangers, and they'll say, how are you? And I say, "I'm, I'm, I'm really struggling. I don't know how to navigate this stage of my life. And then immediately they'll say, me too. And, you know, they'll start telling stories. And so we think that, you know, we don't want to burden people with our problems, with our business, like you said, but I have found the opposite to be Mm -hmm. true. I have a sense of relief when I'm honest about what I'm going through. And then I start to get the help and the support and the love and the hugs and whatever it is that, that I deserve. Exactly. And I think that's where your village begins, you know, because we, as, as we always say, it takes a village to be a working mom. And when you're able to open your mouth and say what you may be struggling in, you'll be amazed how many other people will say, you know what, well, let me tell you what's worked for me. You know, let me give you this resource or let me give you this person's number because this person's number, this person was a really great tutor, you know, to my child in this particular area. That's where your village comes in. Absolutely. And, you know, I love making sure that people in my village also include mothers that are about two years ahead Mm -hmm. of me. You know, so- you know, I love talking to mothers that have a 15 and 17 year old where mine are 13 and 15 because they've made it. They're two years ahead. Yeah. Of me. They, they've cleared some hurdles that I haven't cleared before, but they also really remember what I'm going through. So, mm. you know, it's not like they're 15 years on the other side. They're two or three years on the other side. And it gives me hope that that I can make it through it. And then they also have lots of tips. I mean, That's you know, true. working mothers, we are constantly improving things, making things better, learning how to do things differently, becoming more efficient, but we keep all that information to ourselves. And so when someone in your village is struggling, you love to help them, don't you? Mm -hmm. You you want Mm -hmm. to share, you know, what you've learned as a mother of four girls. And so it's just, your problems are not as much of a burden as you have convinced yourself that they are. Absolutely. So true. So true. So true. Slay like a mother. (laughs) Put it on a shirt. Yes. Listen, I've been saying that all weekend. I just said it last night. No, the night before in the bed. And my husband was like, what? Slay like a mother. I've never heard that before. I said, don't worry. Don't worry. worry. Just working on myself over here. My husband, if I'm like reading and I only read self-help, it's the only mm-hmm. genre I read. And, um, and my husband will look over at me and he'll say, why can't you just read trashy romance novels? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, and I'm like, you are benefiting from me working on myself. So come on. Amen. Quiet. You be quiet. 
Absolutely. So Catherine, what has been your biggest obstacle in pursuing the life you wanted? The biggest obstacle in my life was myself. And for a long time, I thought it was my parents. I thought it was my boss. I thought it was everybody but me. But um, it, it was me. And I lived with, again, what I refer to as this dragon of self-doubt for 20 years. So from age 15 to 35, I never felt good enough. And no wow. matter what I achieved, what I accomplished, I was always hustling, always running, always chasing and the highs were very temporary and they were never enough. And, you know, as you can imagine or may know yourself, that's a very exhausting, you know, way to live. Um, and when I went to therapy and I realized that I'm going to say I was 70% of the problem, let's say that mm. there were some other you know, external challenges, but when I learned that at first I was a little bit offended, like mm -hmm. what do you mean I'm the problem. And, um, and I was intimidated by that and a little overwhelmed, but then one day it struck me like, wait a second, if I am doing this to myself, then I can stop doing this Absolutely. myself. And so what started out as being very overwhelming actually became very empowering. I mean, I'm a driven person and I like a goal, you know, and I was like, I'm going to make it my goal to heal myself and I'll mm. do whatever it takes to, you know, get that done. And, you know, when I was 15 years old, I tried to take my own life. I was that unhappy and that overwhelmed. And um, I've come so far mm. you know, since then. And it's back to, you know, self-care, not being selfish. I'm not only alive, but I'm happy. I'm whole. Yes. I'm not chasing anymore. And, you know, obviously it's a much better way to live. Absolutely. Well, we just praise God for him revealing to you just who you are to him. Mm. And, and the fact that he has so much for you to do. And, and the fact that because he created you wonderfully, because he created you in his image, that you can stand right here and slay like a mother. Amen. You you can. You yep. you absolutely can. And it, it just makes me think about so many of us who are going through either our children who are not happy with who they are, or we're not happy with who we are. And and I appreciate you saying that because now others will see that they're not alone, that there is light at the end of the tunnel that you can overcome because you're still here, Catherine. Yep. You're still here and you're, and you're able to talk about it and say, Hey, guess what? I had to go to therapy. I had to go to therapy and I had to realize that there were some things internally that I needed to change in order for me to become the, the wife and the mother and the Catherine that I am today, mm. you know, and it, it makes me just remember, um, last year I was going through some things and God plainly, I was walking 
And he plainly said to me, Latika, two things, stop blaming everybody for what you are not doing. And two, I am the visionary of your life. And when he said that to me, I was like, oh my God. Cause you know, when God convicts you, it's like, mm. it's a beat down, <laughs> yeah. you know, but it, it really made me think twice about how many times have I blamed others for what I don't have. And that could be anything, degree, car, uh, financial stability, anything. Um, but when God said, I am the visionary for your life, what I had to realize was I had to stop putting the vision of what I wanted my life to be in other people's hands. Because so many other people said, oh, you'll be good at social work. Oh, you'll be good at this. Oh, you'll be good at this. I put the vision of my life in other people's hands. And God plainly stopped me in my tracks and said, no, I am the visionary over your life. And that, I tell you, it hit me like a ton of bricks. So I just want to encourage anybody who is listening to us that we cannot allow other people to tell us who we are at all, at all. If God created us in in his image, if he created you wonderfully and fearfully, then he knows what's right for you. He knows what the right path is for you. All you have to do is follow suit, follow suit. And he, we, we talk about therapy being taboo, but if God did not intend for us to have therapy, he would have never allowed it to be created. Right, right. <laughs> you know, like, do you know how many therapists are in the world today and how niche down they are? Then you, you can find a therapist that is for you, that has the same morals as you, the same values as you, has the same religious beliefs as you, the same gender as you, the same um, ethnic group as you. Like there are so many therapists out here that are willing to help you and that have gone to school to give you the tools that you need to heal from the inside out. So take advantage of that. So thank you for sharing that, Catherine, because that, let me tell you, hit me like a ton of bricks. <laughs> One thing I'll add, Latika, uh, on that is, you know, as people go into this work and this self-work and, you know, self-compassion, introspection, I think it's important to realize what external factors might also be weighing on you because we've spent a lot of time talking about the internal side. And um, I watched a wonderful documentary a few years ago um, about Black women mm -hmm. and self-doubt in the Black community. Yes. And the documentary is called Sis UOK. It's available on Amazon. It's by a great director named Nakia Cherie. And when I watched that documentary, it was very eye-opening to me to learn about the additional burden that is placed on Black women to appear strong, to mm -hmm. stay strong, and to not crumble, to not go to therapy, to not ask for help, um, because, you know, Black women are often seen as the pillar of strength in their mm -hmm. community. And when I watched that, it just hurt my heart, because it's hard enough 
to admit you need help, to seek out help. And when you have this additional burden placed on you with these narratives and society that says you shouldn't need this, um, I just want to honor that and respect that. And I think that it's important for us to acknowledge that additional hurdle um, that Black women have to clear in order to, to get the help that they so rightfully deserve. Absolutely. And thank you for saying that, because that is so true. Um, it's, we, we, we carry a lot. We carry a lot. Um, and um, you, you think about, you look at your grandmother, you look at your mother and how they carried everything and they were fine. They were completely fine. They never complained. Everything was good, but they died early. Mm. They got cancer early. They got hit with disease upon disease upon disease early. I mean, just so much came. Um, and it's, it's important for us to dispel that, um, that you do not have to appear strong. Like you have everything together that you have this, you know, superwoman cape on that you're captain Marvel. We don't, we don't have to wear that. Um, and as for all women, we don't have to wear this cap, um, or cape and, um, so yeah, I just thank you for saying that because there's there's so much that we put on ourselves and then there's that extra, you know, that is put on top of that. So thank you for sharing that. Of course. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, this is the my my favorite part of of the podcast episode is when we get into Tabitha. And I love Tabitha because she is a woman in the Bible who was committed to work. She served her community and served and served and served until the moment that she died. And because of her good work, Apostle Peter came and he resurrected her and she went back to working. Um, but I feel like we as working moms, we work and work and work until we're diagnosed with high anxiety, until we're, we have PTSD or we have postpartum depression. Or you just get really, really, really sick and you have to shut down everything. And it takes a moment like that to realize that we need to be resurrected either physically, emotionally, or spiritually. Was there a moment in your life where you were like Tabitha, where you were just going and going and going, and then all of a sudden you had to stop and be resurrected? 100 uh, percent my <laughs> moment i know exactly what i was doing uh i was in my kitchen i'd been off of work for two weeks um this is my previous career but i'd been off of work for about two weeks over the christmas holiday and i was making dinner and my husband came in and he said what's wrong you seem down and i said i i i told him maybe for one of the first times in my marriage instead of saying i'm fine i'm fine you know i said you know what i am this past two weeks i've just had to be a wife and a mother i didn't have to be an employee also and i'm really stressed about going back to work and having to be a good wife a good mom and a good employee all at the same time and my husband richard said Catherine, why don't you just be yourself what is so wrong with being you? And Latika, I did not say anything out loud, 
but the voice inside my head as clear as day said, I don't like me. Mm. So he said, what's wrong with being you? And I said, I don't like me. I didn't say it out loud. I said it in my head, but I was stunned. Mm. And I knew that it was true because it was my voice. It sounded exactly like me. And it said, I don't like me. And in that moment, I chose to not run, Mm. not hide. I chose to get curious. And I said to myself, with all that I have and all that I've done, why don't I like myself? And that's what sparked my two year at the time, very intensive, you know, self-help journey of therapy and meditation and all the things we've talked about. But it was that moment that I was going to go learn and figure out why I didn't like myself. Mm. Wow. That is powerful. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, I think if we approach the tough things in mm-hmm. our life, curiosity, mm-hmm. instead of judgment, or instead of, you know, numbing, right. or running, and I've done it all, um, you know, trying to escape from dealing with it. But mm-hmm. um, the answer eventually came to me, I started doing a lot of meditation. And um, what I realized was that when I was 15 years old, I stopped being me. And when I stopped being me, I stopped liking me. Mm. And it was at 15 years old that I think I just turned myself inside out in the sense of I lived for external approval. You know, the grades, the hugs, the love, the boyfriends, the friends, the whatever it was. And it made me not be me. You know, it was a facade. It was a mask. I was trying so desperately to be loved on the outside because I didn't love myself on the inside. Um, So once I got my answer, you know, to that, it was like, well, okay, well, how do I get back to being me? How do I figure out who I am? And, you know, as mothers, especially as working mothers, we know everything about our children. We know Mm -hmm. everything about our partners and we know nothing about Mm. our Oof. You are absolutely right. Absolutely right. Learned that one the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> you are absolutely right. But but being in therapy helped you to discover that, right? Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, mm-hmm. the great thing about therapy too is they give you homework. You yeah, know? they do. <laughs> I mean, they're going to crack you open, you know, on the inside, and then they're going to give you work to go do. And, uh, but again, if you approach it with a sense of curiosity, you know, um, and I, I felt like for many years when I had this dragon of self-doubt that in many ways, I felt like I was leading a double life, you know, mm. and, and just smiling and nodding and everything's fine. Everything's fine. But I knew that it wasn't fine. And, you know, there's a whole chapter in the book about, wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. And I always like to tell women that, you know, you're wearing a mask. If you answer questions twice, once in your mind, and then once out loud. Mm. So let's say you just got back from a family vacation and somebody says, Latika, how was your, you know, beach vacation? And maybe in your mind, you say it was horrible. You know, right. I have, I have four right. years 
and there's sand everywhere and we're all miserable. Right. And I need a vacation for my vacation. So that's what you say inside. But outside you say, it was wonderful. <laughs> and, yep. you know, the person that you are speaking to might not know you're wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. You know you're wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. Every time you lie and say something that is not true regarding how you are feeling or how you are doing, mm. your soul hears it. Jesus. And so it's not really about the outside world and what somebody else thinks of you. Your soul knows you're broken, you're tired, you're exhausted, and you keep saying that you're not. Mm. that is so true but once again if you put on the mask you can take it off how liberating to know that you don't have to wait for another human being to give you permission to take off your mask you don't have to wait for it to be a tuesday at 10 o'clock you know you just do it like you are in charge of telling the truth or telling a lie Mm. When you put it in that way, why lie? Yeah, who are you helping? Because again, right. the other person doesn't know you're lying. So they're right. not affected. You're saying my marriage is great. My children are perfect. Right. And it's not impacting that person at all. Exactly. <laughs> Making it's your soul is saying, why can't we tell them? Mm. Why can't we tell them that the beach is hard with babies? Why can't we say that? And it's this lie that we believe we're going to burden other people with our problems, but it's not the case as we just discussed. And so just start tiptoeing into this water. You know, I say, let's say the beach vacation, that example, it was a nightmare. It sucked. You fought with your husband the whole time, your mother in law. Mm-hmm. And go into all those details. Right, right. You don't have to say it was great. You could say, you know what? I have two young kids and there were some good times, but man, mm-hmm. it's also tough. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can just ease your way into it. You don't have to, you know, open up your right. heart of secrets and start <laughs> feeling them. But you just need, and you will see the reaction is not what you are anticipating. Absolutely. Absolutely. But just like what you said is when you, you lie, you're, you're telling your soul a lie, you know? And so when you tell the truth, think about how much better you now feel because you were able to release the truth, you know? Um, Because, Hey, like you, like you, we're told at a young age, when you lie once, now you got to cover up to keep that lie going. Oh yeah. 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 It's a (laughs) full-time job. And for the first time in my life, I feel like one person instead of two. Mm. I'm one person and I am 100% in alignment. And in, in other words, how I feel on the inside is exactly how I'm going right. to tell you that I feel on the outside. I am not going to lie and cover it up and sugarcoat it. Um, and, you know, living one life is hard enough. Living two, right. going to, you know, wear you down that much faster you know absolutely and it really really will oh Catherine you have given us some things to think about (laughs) oh my goodness this has been amazing 
it, it it truly has been amazing. I'm I'm so grateful that you came here today to share what you shared. Um, because I know it's gonna touch somebody so deep that it's going to help heal them. Help heal them in that we can walk away no longer wearing a mask. We can take the mask off and and burn it. <laughs> take the mask off we do not have to keep wearing the mask like you said living a double life mm. yeah and it's it sounds terrifying yeah. but once you do it you will never go back i will never in my life wear a mask again mm. My soul is finally free right. to be me. And it, it wouldn't even allow me to put it back on at this point. You know, it's, mm. you know, I'm not a teenager anymore. I'm 46 right. years old and I need mm. to act like it, you know. Right. Um, so there's, it's only for, you're only going to move forward. You're not going to go backwards when you start to work on yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I tell you, you know, you, you reference therapy and how you have to like sometimes go back from in childhood, you know, in therapy, um, especially during those intake sessions when the therapist is trying to get to know you and you got to talk about all the history and everything. But what that does is it allows you to think about things that happened in the past. And then as you're talking about it, you're able to identify some of the things that you see are repeat behaviors, you know, oh. and you get to see that, hey, wait a minute, I did that when I was X years old and I'm doing it now at 40, mm -hmm. like, wait a minute, huh? Wait, you know, so, so the healing begins as you're talking about those things from the past. Um, and so I just want to encourage anyone we we are not therapists. Catherine and I are not therapists. <laughs> We're just sharing our experiences and why um, we believe that therapy has helped us to be able to heal and how it can also do the same for you um, so that you, at the end of the day, can um, not believe what your mind is telling you because the mind will definitely play tricks on you, but so that you can live a life where you can slay like a mother and you don't have to, you know, worry about at 90 years old, the things that you should have done that you didn't do, but you can't do now. You know, we can do those things now if we work on ourselves, if we do the work and no longer view ourselves as the biggest obstacle that's holding us back. So thank you, Catherine, for, for being here today. How can we stay in contact with you? Sure. I invite anyone to um, visit slaylikeamother.com. There's some videos there. You can see other women um, sharing the last terrible thing they said to themselves. It can be very powerful. Um, also follow us on Instagram at slaylikeamother or me personally. Um, it's kwinch is my handle on Instagram. Awesome. Thank you so much. And all of Catherine's information is in the show notes. So be sure to check her out. Thank you so much, Catherine, for being here. And thank you everyone for being here in this episode of Latika Vine Show. And I look forward to seeing you next time. Take care. Hey. 
Hey, working mom, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope, I pray that this episode was such a blessing to you. Please bless us by rating this episode and sharing how it's helped you to manage, to balance your marriage, your life, your career, and your faith. Thank you so much for joining us on The Latika Vine Show. And I can't wait for you to listen to the next episode. God bless you.